I got to tell you, from where I started in COVID, I, I didn't know I was poking the bear. I, I really had been doing what I'd always done in my career. Uh, I'm kind of a guy who's always challenged orthodoxy or just really, it's not like I was a rebel or anything, but I always question why we're doing what we're doing, the way in which we're doing it. Like, isn't there a better way? And a lot of the stuff in medicine, those practices have been settled for like 20, 30 years or, so, you know, they were established 20, 30 years ago and our learning, our evolution is, is, so I was always a guy who wanted to do things a better way. And so that's why I kind of got really interested in these you know, new therapies. I became an expert at ultrasound and I taught that all over the country and world. Uh, therapeutic hypothermia was a really interesting uh, advance in controlling temperature after cardiac arrest, the importance of that. So I just kind of got always interested in how to do things better. And with COVID, it wasn't about doing anything better. It was just doing something. I and mean, if you remember, the initial response of this country's government was to do nothing, is to stay home until your lips turn blue. And, you know, when when myself and Paul Marek, when we founded our organization, I mean, really, Paul was kind of the driving force. He could not believe. I mean, his belief was there is no disease you cannot treat. You can always figure out things that are more likely to help than to hurt and try to put those forward. And we very quickly amassed evidence for a number of therapies. And our first protocol came out in April of 2020. The maturity of that protocol is astounding. I mean, we haven't changed the core of that protocol in three years. We had it right from the beginning. We just have much more data to support. And that was a hospital protocol. But, you know, when you ask about poking the bear, I mean, let, let me say it differently. So when I go and lecture some places, you know, people will come up to me and they'll call me like, like a hero or being so courageous you know, it really wasn't about that. You know, I had an opportunity to testify based on my expertise. I testified that testimony went viral and we were just happy. We were so excited. We really thought that the evidence we were bringing forth for the efficacy of ivermectin was going to like, we thought it'd be widely deployed in the prevention and treatment. It's a phenomenal preventative as well as a treatment for COVID. And that's not what happened. And suddenly I found myself under attack. I lost my second job in the pandemic as a result of that one. Uh, and then later on lost a third. And just my life went sideways after that. But I did not know what I was going into, John and Ken. I mean, I, I didn't volunteer for the insanity that happened to me afterwards. I was just doing what I thought doctors would should do, which is add to the knowledge of the science and body of medicine which was what I've always sought to do. I was an educator. I won awards at major, you know, academic teaching. I, I really love teaching and my students know that. And I kind of felt like I had something to teach in COVID, except the lessons I was bringing forth were not well received. You know, after my testimony went viral, everything was going sideways. Like we were attacked by the Associated Press within two days, gave a full interview. They wrote a complete hit job on me and Ivermectin. So I started to be like, huh, that's not what I expected. We thought when when the Associated Press came calling, we were so excited. We were going to put out this information for the world. That's not what happened. Then the review paper that I had uh, done, comprehensive review paper of all of the evidence of ivermectin, passes peer review, and the journal won't publish it. And then after I accuse the journal of scientific misconduct, the editor calls us and tells us that he's retracting our paper. And that's when we knew like there's something really wrong here. And I saw a lot of attacks on the media and I just couldn't figure it out. And, and my life changed in early March of 2021, about three and a half months after my testimony, when I received an email from this professor, his name is Professor William B. Grant. And he's one of the most uh, published researchers on vitamin D. And he said two lines. He said, dear Dr. Corey, 
What they're doing to ivermectin, they've been doing to vitamin D for decades. And then he included a link to this article called the Disinformation Playbook. And it's written by the Union for Concerned Scientists. So I click this link and I read the article. And it basically outlines what disinformation is. It's basically tactics that industries employ when science emerges that's inconvenient to their interests. And all industries do this, coal and gas, agriculture, food industry, none more skilled than pharma. And as I'm reading these descriptions and examples of these tactics, I was like blown away. I was like, that is exactly what's happening. I saw, I saw the fix being done yesterday. I saw the blitz happen to me. The you know, blitz is when they go after the researchers. I saw it. It was like suddenly I had a teacher's addition to the world. And that was a transformative experience. And the book kind of goes through the disinformation chronologically, as I saw it, from their first attacks on ivermectin. And they did those attacks well before I testified. They already, they knew that ivermectin was a major farmer's not stupid. They knew they had prepared like the horse dewormer PR campaign that had been prepared long before they triggered that. And so basically I was given a front row seat to his disinformation campaign and I had the playbook in my hand. So I'm watching the other team run plays and I'm seeing everything they do. And I made a commitment at that time in 2021. I am documenting this for the world. The world needs to know how they do it, what they do. And I I consider almost a case example of disinformation campaigns, and it can apply to almost anything in society, but particularly medical sciences, because, you know, repurposed off-patent drugs are literally the Achilles heel of the entire pharmaceutical industry. It ruins their business model. And they've been in the business of three decades or more of attacking off-patent drugs. They need you to take the pricey new patented pill. And this is not new. I just think that the war on ivermectin and similarly the war on hydroxychloroquine were two of the most devastating disinformation campaigns in history. The consequences of millions and millions of people around the world are are dead or disabled because they buried and distorted the evidence of efficacy of those two drugs. But I wrote the book War on Ivermectin. Some of my colleagues could have written the book War on Hydroxychloroquine. They would have been very similar books. The tactics were almost identical. <laughs> 